Hey, good morning, New Life Church. I am so glad to be with you on this beautiful October morning. Hey, listen, we are so excited about what God has been doing in your church. So excited about what God is doing in the New Life Network of Churches. And last weekend, uh, we celebrated with you that we baptized eight people in uh, the, the lake there at River Islands or in the river at River Islands, and it was a powerful time. We even had a brother come up from our online campus all the way from... Uh, 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 Tranquility, California, down by Fresno, been dialed into our online campus and came up and got baptized. God has been doing some great things. So I'm so grateful for you joining us today. Thank you so much for your faithfulness to God. Thank you for your generosity and giving. Yes, you're a part of this church, so we're so grateful that you're helping us as we continue to reach people for the good with the good news of Jesus Christ. So we need you to sow into this. So because you're online, man, we want you to be like you're right here with us. And so please, be generous in your giving. I want to say to you, though, thank you so much for your support in my previous book, the book that I've written um, uh, called Brain Power, Loving God with All Your Mind. And I'm excited to tell, tell you that this coming, this Sunday, today, um, I don't have it in hand right now, but because we filmed this a little bit in advance, but today on this Sunday is the release of my newest book called I Pledge Allegiance. And I'm so excited about it. I believe it's going to be a good resource that will bless you and help you. And those are available right here at our church office and they'll soon be available online but right now we've got a we're pre-selling and got got them for people in our church and people that are listening and watching and um, this is a a powerful tool of how we can uh, connect with God by utilizing the 31 words in the Pledge of Allegiance and it's a powerful resource that I think will help you. I wrote in a workbook format so you can do study with it or devotional time with it at home just chock full of scriptures, powerful references, and good stories. So hopefully you'll get a copy of that book and that will help you. Listen, we are starting today a five-week series. Five weeks. Five weeks that we're going to invest. In fact, this five-week series is going to take us through Sunday, November the 15th. November the 15th is a very special Sunday here at New Life Church and all of our campuses because November the 15th is Miracle Offering Sunday. For the past couple of years, we have done Miracle Offering here and God has literally, and I mean that literally, provided a miracle through the people of New Life Church and we want you to be a part of Miracle Offering Sunday. Be prepared for that. What does that mean? That's the Sunday that we bring our best beyond our tithes and offerings. We make a miracle offering donation so into the ministries here at New Life Church believing that God is gonna use it for something miraculous. It helps us underwrite our Capital C Fund which is all of our outreach ministries, our counseling center that we have uh, that we're getting ready to expand all sorts of ministries that we have for missionaries and missions, as well as our church planning endeavors. We're so excited about sharing with, with you in the next few weeks uh, some steps that we're taking to expand the ministry, expand the church, New Life's outreach right here in, our, in the Central Valley in the region through multiple campuses. It's exciting what God is doing. So get ready for miracle offering. We're believing God for an excess of $50,000 to come in in one offering on that particular Sunday. And he's done it every year and he'll do it again this year through you and your faithfulness but you got to plan for it. So begin planning for it, being prepared for it, bring your best. I believe there's many people out there that can bring even more than they did last year because God has blessed. And so we want you to be a part of that on Sunday, November 15th. But this series, taking us up to that point, uh, is a five-week series and it's called Take a Stand. Take a stand. And what I want you to do is, today we're going to talk about how we're going to stand out. We want to stand out. Uh, how, do we, how do we stand out in the right ways, at the right time, and for the right reasons? How do we stand out in the right ways, at the right time, for the right reason? Because I believe 
with all my heart that the content of this message series could really impact your life in a very significant way because when we do stand out in the right ways at the right time and for the right reason, it can change the course and even the direction of our lives and the people that we influence, our children, our grandchildren, our friends, our neighbors, our co-workers, our spouse, our parents. It can change the trajectory and it's a powerful thing to do this. So the flip side though is true as well. When, when we compromise on the wrong things in the wrong ways at the wrong times, it can cost us more than we can even imagine. So over the next five weeks, we're going to look out at how we can take a stand for the things that matter most in life. Now I realize that this is election season. I'm very cognizant of the fact that we're in the middle of election season. We're less than a month away of electing a new president of the United States or re-electing the president of the United States. We're also in the process of the election season is for senators and congressmen and women in the House of Representatives. Listen, we've got a lot of important decisions that we need to make and I believe it is God's design that we are talking about this subject at this time. And I think you'll understand as we go through. So, so in this series, we're going to take five different stories from the Old Testament book of Daniel. So if you've got your Bible, open your book, your Bible to the book of Daniel in the Old Testament. And we're going to learn how we're going to take a stand for God. So today, we're going to learn how to, uh, this week, in week number one, we're going to learn how we are going to stand out. That's what we're talking about today. But I want you to understand, I'm going to give you kind of a precursor to what we're going to be talking about for the next, uh, for the next five weeks. Next week, we're going to talk about how we're going to stand, stand up for what's right. Then the third week, we're going to talk about how we're going to stand strong We're going to stand strong in, in the midst of, 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 of struggles and we're going to stand strong for what matters most to us. And then in week number four, we're going to talk about, uh, number four, we're going to stand in faith. Oh, this is going to be a really, really good one. We're going to, we're going to challenge ourselves to stand in faith when the world is not standing in faith. And they're standing in self and we're going to stand in faith according to God's word. And then in week number five, we're going to talk about how we have to stand, stand firm in the midst of opposition. Stand firm in the midst of opposition. We're going to talk about standing out today, standing up next week, standing strong the following week, standing in the faith, and then stand firm. And these are our five themes or five focuses we're going to talk about from five different uh, stories in the book of Daniel as we go through it together. And so today we're talking about stand out. Daniel chapter 1 is where we're going to be hanging out today. So turn in your Bibles, open your devices, open up your on your phone, but, but look at Daniel chapter 1. And I would love it if you would connect with this message, maybe by making some comments in the comment section on Facebook or on YouTube. But more importantly, I'd like you to write some notes down that will help you because we have to learn how we're going to stand out at the right for the right reasons at the right time in the right manner in the right way. So so we want to do the Daniel chapter 1, a little bit of backstory, so we understand where we're at. 
The king's name at that time was Nebuchadnezzar. He was king. He was ruling at that time. He was an evil king. You see, his legacy thus far is he had destroyed Jerusalem. Jerusalem was the capital city of Israel. It was the, the, the city, uh, the capital city of God's nation, of Israel, of God's people. And so King Nebuchadnezzar had destroyed it. In fact, this guy was so evil, he didn't just destroy the city, but he went in and he chose to burn down the temple of God. Pretty evil guy. And then, to add insult to injury, he went into their temple before he burned it down, and he took out all of their faith symbols, their religious symbols, and he crushed them, he destroyed them, and he burned them, just to add insult to injury. And not only did he destroy the city, not only did he destroy the temple and all the religious symbols, but to make it even worse, he essentially said, I'm going to destroy your future as well as your present. And I'm going to explain that. I'm going to destroy your future as well as your present. How did he do that? He said, well, I want you guys, to his leaders, to his evil leaders, he said, I want you to go in into this uh, godly community uh, of Jerusalem, and I want you to find their sharpest and their brightest sons. And, and, and I, sons of the royalty, sons of, sons of the nobles. And I want you to kidnap those young men, and I want you to bring them to me. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to indoctrinate them in the Babylonian culture. I'm going to indoctrinate them and train them for three years in our culture. And then they're going to become future leaders in my government. That's what King Nebuchadnezzar was doing. Pretty evil guy. So not only was he destroying Jerusalem and destroying their present by burning down their city and burning down their temple and taking all the religious symbols and burning them and destroying them, but he was destroying their future by taking the best of their best young men and making them into his leaders, into King Nebuchadnezzar's leaders. And so that's pretty evil, but that's the backstory into what's happening in Daniel chapter 1. Look at verse number 3. Then the king ordered uh, Ashpenaz, chief of his court officials, to bring in some of the Israelites from the royal family and the nobility. So it's the story that I, uh, the backstory that I just shared with you. And then verse number four, young men without any physical defect, handsome, showing aptitude for every kind of learning, well-informed, quick to understand, and qualified to serve in the king's palace. Hmm. In other words, go find me those who are voted most likely to succeed and bring those to me because those are the ones that I want. And then look at the rest of verse number four. He was to teach them the language and the literature of the Babylonians. In other words, I want them to speak like we speak and think like we think. Totally indoctrinating them to this evil way of life. By the way, you can see that happening in our current culture as well. Indoctrinating us to an evil way of thinking. That's what the enemy's plan is for today. Look at verse number five. The king assigned them, this is the evil king, assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years and after that they were entered into the king's service. Now this is important. We're going to come back to this in just a moment. But what I want you to notice so far is this was a very intentional and strategic plan to indoctrinate these young boys in the Babylonian culture. You see, the king wanted them to think 
like the Babylonians thought. And he wanted them to behave like the Babylonians behaved. And he wanted them to believe like the Babylonians believed. It's the same strategy of our spiritual enemy, the prince of darkness, Satan himself, who wants every follower of Jesus to think like he thinks, to believe what he believes, and to behave the way that he wants us to behave. In fact, I believe that Satan wants everybody on planet earth to disregard the teachings of the one true God and submit and surrender to his evil systems in this world. And and if you let that soak in for a second, you'll understand that there is a full-on spiritual assault and attack that is taking place today as Satan lies and as he deceives and as he lures people away from God's best to live lives according to his lower standard. And it's an evil ploy, and it's an evil plot. And we need to call it what it is. That's why it's, I believe it's completely impossible to be what we're calling a cultural Christian. Uh, You can't be a cultural Christian and have any sense of spiritual success in your life. You say, Troy, what in the world is a cultural Christian? A cultural Christian is somebody who believes I am an American, therefore I are a Christian. That's not true. A cultural Christian is somebody who was born into a Christian family or went to church or attended some sort of youth group when they were younger or went to confirmation classes, catechism classes when they were younger in a, in a mainline uh, church, but, but they aren't adhering to the precepts of the faith. They're not living the word of God. They're not accepting Jesus Christ as Lord, ruler of their lives. And I would argue all day long that it is completely impossible to be a sort of, kind of, like a cultural Christian and have any sense of spiritual success. What do I mean by spiritual success? I mean victory against temptations and the darkness of this world. It's impossible. You you can't be just a sort of Christian. You can't be a kind of Christian and have the victory that God wants you to have in your life. It's like saying I can work out one time a year at the gym and I can be in good shape. Is that how it works? The answer to the question is is a resounding no. It's like saying I can say to my wife one time a year I love you and that be enough to fill her love bank. Is that is that acceptable? The answer to the question is no. It's like saying, I can go to church once a week. I can attend the online church once a week for 75 minutes or 50 minutes uh, because most people are at least 15 minutes late. I'm just being real with you, right? I can go and I can expect to be a growing and thriving Christian that's, that, that's excelling spiritually. Now, I didn't even say once a month. I said once a week. You see, you've got to make the presence of God a priority in your life. Where you seek him, where you depend upon him, where you're, you're living and dwelling in his word, where he is feeding you, where God is renewing your mind, where you're learning to walk by faith and not by sight, where you're hearing the spirit of God and he is guiding your steps. You can't be a sort of or a kind of or a cultural Christian and have the life and victory that God wants you to have. That's why Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6, put on the full 
armor of God so that you can do what? Does anybody remember? Write it down. Put it in the comments. Put on the full armor of God so you can do what? I'm going to answer the question. You've got a few more seconds to put in the comments. Put on the full armor of God so you can do what? So you can, here we go, take your stand against the devil's schemes. You got to put on the full armor of God so you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Sometimes you have to take a stand for that which matters most in the right way, at the right time, and for the right reason. And I would submit to you this morning that if you're never standing out and you're always blending in, then you're not really a truly committed follower of Jesus Christ. Because if you follow him, you will be different. The Bible says you will be set apart. That's what the word holy means. God said, be holy for I am holy. We're to be set apart from our current culture. We're to be set apart from the sin nature. Be holy as I am holy. And there are times when you need to stand out if you're truly following Jesus. And that's what we're going to see happen in the life of Daniel and his three friends. Let's go on in verse number 6 and verse number 7 of chapter 1. Among these were some from Judah. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. The chief official gave them new names to Daniel, the name Belshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, and to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Okay, something's happening here. They changed two things. They changed two things. They changed, uh, number one, they changed their diet, and number two, they changed their names. Hmm. Why did they change their names? Well, I know I've taught on this before, but it's worth reteaching as we're in the series. So dial in with me. Let, we need to get a little context. How old were these boys? Well, scholars would tell us they're somewhere between the age of 12 and 15 years old. So the, the, they're, they're, they're probably in junior high or maybe a freshman or even a sophomore uh, in high school. And they're stripped of their identity. They're kidnapped, taken away from their families and all that's known to them. And they're taken a thousand miles away from their home. And they're crushed of all of their dignity. And the first thing the king wants is for their names to be changed. Why? Because their original names were all tied to the worship of the one true God. In the Old Testament known as Yahweh. The God that we worship. The meaning of their names had been given to them by their parents. Who were worshipers and served the one true God, Yahweh. And now all their new names were tied to the worship of false gods, of pagan gods. So essentially, every time someone called them by their name, there's this reminder. You were, you're supposed to serve pagan gods. You're no longer supposed to serve Yahweh, what we believe is to be and what we know to be is the one true God. So every time somebody says their name now, their new name, it's, oh yeah, I don't serve Yahweh anymore. I have a new name. I'm serving a, a different God, a lowercase g God, a pagan God, a false God. It stripped them by changing their names. It was supposed to strip them of their identity. Then they go on to change their diet. 
You're supposed to eat, as we read earlier, the food that's prepared at the king's table. Now, I'm thinking to myself, that doesn't sound too bad to me. You know, the king's probably going to have some pretty good food. It sounds, I want to eat what the king is eating, because the king's probably eating, eating good stuff. You know what I'm saying? A buffet is probably put out for the king, and whatever it is, serve it to me. But the problem was that the food that had been prepared for this evil king, Nebuchadnezzar, the meat and the wine that were on the table had been dedicated to pagan gods. And this created a real problem for Daniel and for his friends because they wanted to honor the one true God and worship the one true God, Yahweh, in every way possible. And if they were to eat or to drink anything that was dedicated to a pagan god, that, would, that was crossing a line. That was a place they, they shouldn't go. In, in their minds, that was being disrespectful to God. And so in verse number 8, it's probably the key verse of this entire first story we're looking at. Let's look at Daniel chapter 1, verse number 8. But Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine, and he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself in this way. I really want you to notice something. When we're learning today how we're going to stand out, we understand that Daniel did something. He did not fight back when his name was taken from him. He didn't do that. Why? Because I think Daniel's like, well, you know, hey, you can call me whatever you want to call me. Sticks and stones, <laughs> you follow me. You can tie me to whatever God, lowercase g, that you want to. I know who I am. That's, that's Daniel speaking. And an outward name does not define who I am in my heart. You can call me whatever you want because I know inwardly I will always worship. Come on now. I will always live for. I will always know. I will always serve the one true God. My name is not worth standing up for. See, Daniel didn't defend. He did not defend his name. When did Daniel take a stand? He took a stand when God's name might be defamed. I, I'm, he, he's saying this, I'm not going to let you insult the name of my God. And so I resolve not to defile myself and eat this food. I love this. I love this so much. Because you know what he did? Daniel made, I'm going to write it down low here, he made a pre- determined, a predetermined resolution. Daniel made a predetermined, sorry I ran out of space, but a predetermined resolution. A predetermined resolution. He resolved himself. He decided in advance. He resolved in his heart ahead of time. In other words, Daniel, as a young man, a teenager, between 12 and 15, Daniel made this decision in his heart before he was faced with temptation to do what is right. Something powerful in this, guys, when we're talking about stand out. I would argue all day long, uh, for those of you that are followers of Jesus Christ, that your success in so many spiritual avenues of your life will be determined by what you decide ahead of time. 
many of you, and I don't know who this is speaking to, but I do believe the Holy Spirit will personalize this for you. There are some things in your life that you need to predetermine in your heart. It doesn't matter how old you are. doesn't matter how young you are. doesn't matter how experienced you are in the faith or how inexperienced you are in the faith. You need to decide that no matter what happens in the future, I will always do such and such. Or I will never do such and such. Why? Because I've pre-decided to serve God and to honor him in this way. You need to pre-determine, pre decide. And I'm telling you, because of what you pre-decided in your heart to do, it, and the way in which you've decided to honor God, you will, you will have to stand out. If it, listen, if you're never standing out, I'll say it again, and you're always blending in, then you're not truly following Jesus Christ. That can sound rather harsh, can't it? But it's the truth. And I think I love you too much not to tell you the truth. And that's what these boys did. They said, I've resolved in my heart not to eat the food that's been dedicated to pagan gods. They predetermined this. It kind of sounds like a one-time event. You know, like, I'm not going to do that. You know, it's like I've been invited to the king's table. I'm not going to eat that food. But that's not what happened. It wasn't. You know how Satan works in your life? If he can't get you the first time, he'll just try to wear you down. It's like a slippery slope until you finally get so exhausted or you so, it finally becomes so, so normal to you that it just seems logical to go down the sin path. That's what's happening in this story. You see, they stood out. They didn't take the food. Day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out. For breakfast, they stood out. For lunch, they stood out. At dinner, they stood out. And the next day, and again, and again, and again, we have resolved in our hearts not to defile ourselves and dishonor our great and mighty God in this way. Have you made some predetermined decisions in your life to stand out? And they made this decision. And, and it set them apart again and again and again. And if you're fully following Jesus Christ, you're going to find that as you get closer to him, more often are you going to have to start standing out in your life. You're not ashamed of him because of what he's done for you. Check this out. Watch the wisdom in Daniel of Daniel in Daniel chapter 1 verses 12 uh, through 15. Check this out. Please test your servants for 10 days. This is what Daniel is saying to the, uh, the guard, the chief official um, in, in, the, in King Nebuchadnezzar's court. He's saying, listen, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance to what you see. So he agreed to do this and tested them for 10 days. At the end of the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. In other words, Daniel's like, here's the deal. <laughs> I love that. He's a young man, a teenager, and he's like negotiating. We're not going to eat this meat. We're not going to drink this wine because it's been dedicated to pagan gods. Can you just give us water and vegetables for 10 days and then you can check us out. If there's a problem, well, we'll, we'll own up to it. But I want you to notice something. Instead of making this big protest, you following me? Instead of making a big protest, oh, no, you don't. Instead of going there, instead of saying, we're believers in God and we won't eat that food that's dedicated to pagan gods. Instead of throwing a big fit or making a big scene, with wisdom, they presented a plan 
respecting the authority above them and said, hey, can we simply try something else? I'm going to propose to you that from this story, we can understand that you can stand out for the right things in the right way, or you can stand out for the wrong things in the wrong way. Now, of course, there's different seasons and different chapters and times in your life. We'll talk about that as we go through this series. But I think the first thing to do is to stand out in a respectful manner. See if God won't work in the confines of respect. You've all got, all of you, you've got these, these opportunities. I'm going to challenge you to pre-decide in your life. Pre-decide. Um, I'm resolved in my heart that this is where I am going to be different. I'm willing to be different. This is where I'm called by God to be different. I don't care if people make fun of me. I don't care if people shun me. This is what God is calling me to do. Predetermined. If you wait until the moment to decide, the enemy will trick you and he'll make you believe, he'll blind your eyes and deafen your ears and make you believe that what you're doing is acceptable or okay or he'll give you, a, God will give you some sort of a hall pass. Instead, predetermine in your life. And look at what happened in verses 19 and 20. The king talked with them and he found none equal to Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, or Azariah. So they entered into the king's service. Get this. In every manner of wisdom and understanding about which the king questioned them, he found, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and enchanters in his whole kingdom. You see, God gave these young men, inexperienced men, but men that were passionate about God. God gave them supernatural understanding. In fact, as we read on, we discover that he gave them the ability to interpret dreams and visions. In fact, they literally redirected the course of history because they stood up for what mattered most. But had they compromised? Had they, had they not had the courage to stand out? then nothing historic would have happened. I'm telling you, think about that. Nothing historic would have happened. Here's what I believe. I, I would rather be remembered for standing out than forgotten for blending in. Uh, that's good preaching. Hashtag good preaching. I'm going to say it one more time. I would rather be remembered for standing out than forgotten for blending in. I believe that with all my heart. Because if you're always blending in then you can't possibly be a fully committed follower of Jesus Christ. But hear me, I want to go down an avenue for a second and make sure we're on the same page. We don't stand out so that we can make a statement. We stand out because God has called us to be different. We don't stand out so we can get some attention or stand out because of our, our cause or to make a statement. We stand out because God's called us to be different. And if, if a byproduct of us standing out because God has called us to be different, to go against the flow in this current culture, then so be it. Because we're going to take our stand against the devil's scheme. Somebody say amen. Because when we've done everything else we can do, Scripture tells us, Ephesians 6, we will stand. Why? Because Jesus Christ stood and he died for you and me. Hmm. It's a powerful word. I'm going to stop right here for now. And I want to pray for you. But don't go anywhere. Because I've got a challenge for you as we're talking today about standing out in a culture 
that is aggressively anti-God. Let me pray. God, lead us in such a way that we can live our lives that would bring you glory. God, if it means being different and mocked, so be it. God, we want to do what you call us to do, to be different in a way that honors you, to be transformed in your presence by your spirit that our lives would bring you glory. As you're praying right now in your homes, and I would, I would just ask, ask God right now, God, is there any area in my life that I need to resolve, that I need to predetermine, that I need to pre-decide that I will always do something or I will never do something because God, I belong to you. I want you to open your eyes and look at me for just a few moments. Wherever you're at, your living room, your kitchen, in your bedroom, uh, on your car. I don't know where you're at right now watching this. I hope you're viewing this and you're dialed in fully, fully immersed. But I got a real question for you. Are you willing to pre-decide? Are you willing to predetermine? Are you willing to resolve ahead of time? Even if you've already made the mistake in that area, if you've already fallen short, if you've sinned in that area, are you willing to predetermine that from this point on, I will always fill in the blank, or from this point on, I will never fill in the blank? You see, what I know in my own experience is if I predetermine in advance, I've already made the under, have the understanding and made the agreement with my great and mighty God then I'm not going to break that promise. I'm going to do the very best I can not to break that promise. And God is going to enable me. His Holy Spirit will remind me, whisper into my ear, and let me know that I've predetermined or predecided to do this or not to do this. For example, one thing is I've predecided that I'm going to be faithful to church, whether it's online church or whether it's in-person church, whether it's inside church, or it's outside church. I'm going to be faithful to church because I know it's my filling station. I need to get filled up every week so that I can give everything I can to everybody I can. Hmm. Have you predetermined that? I, I've predetermined that out of, my, out of the abundance of the heart, my mouth is going to speak. And my mouth is going to speak forth life and not death. Have you predetermined that? And maybe you need to predetermine places that you won't go. I won't go there anymore. Predetermined places that you will go. Like I just spoke about maybe church or a healthy uh, Bible study or group or, or, or online uh, campus that meets on Wednesday nights to, to, to talk about and to uh, go through what it is God is teaching us and leading us. Maybe, maybe you're saying from now on I'm predetermining in advance that I will not turn my computer on and bring that temptation into my life after my wife goes to bed. I predetermine in my life that I will, cl I will keep the door open uh, when there's a person of the opposite sex that comes into my office to talk with me. I predetermine advance in my life that I'm going to shun and stay away from all kinds of evil, but particularly in this area that I found this to be a weak place in my life before. I predetermine, predecide in advance. What I'd like you to do is write that down. And I'd like you to write it down on a piece of paper or cardstock or in your Bible what you predetermine, what God what God is reminding you of and speaking to you because I know he is. I know that he is. What he's reminding you about, speaking to you about, about how you can predetermine and predecide. And so as you're writing those things down, kind of uh, multitask. Because as, you, as you're there, I, I want you to really focus as you write it down. 
Focus on what God wants you to write down, not what you want to write down. Focus on what God will will, uh, equip you with. It, It needs to feel almost impossible to you. It needs to feel like really, really challenging to you. How could I never do that again, God? You can with the help of God because the Spirit of God is bringing it to your memory right now. So just write it down. There's power in writing it down. It's a declaration of your faith. Write it down. Please, write it down. Take out your phone, open your notepad, write it down. Uh, I, you can download journals for free on your phone or on your iPad. And they have to have a security code to get into them. So you can journal it. Write it in a journal. Nobody can get into it. It's, it's secured with a password. If you want it that confidential, but write it down. You can write it down on a note card. You can put it on your mirror. You can, unless you're embarrassed, you don't want anybody else to see it. You can put it in your Bible. You can put it in your journal. But write it down. Hmm. In the spirit of prayer that we're in, I'd like you to take just a moment and I want you to focus because I mentioned a few minutes ago that there might be somebody who's a part-time Christian or a, a, a casual Christian, what, we, what I called a, a cultural, cultural Christian. And I'm absolutely convinced that this is all around us. Um, if, you're, if you're not standing out, then what you're, you're blending in is what you're doing. And, and, and this is evidence that you're not really sold out to Jesus Christ. Guys, I, I love you too much to leave you where you're at. And I know that's God's, God's heart for you as well. What does it mean to follow Christ? Why would we follow Jesus? Well, Jesus is the Son of God. He came to the earth to show us God's love. And when we call upon the name of Jesus Christ, he makes us new. And every sin is forgiven. We're filled with his spirit. We're transformed. You see, Jesus said, if you confess me boldly before others, I will confess you before my Father in heaven. But Jesus also said, if you're ashamed of me on earth, I'll be ashamed of you before my Father in heaven. Today, you get to take a stand. Today, you get to say, I've not been following Jesus, but I understand, I see, I feel, I sense, I hear his grace, and I need his salvation. I am willing to stand out. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what the person next to me thinks right now. I I, I don't care what strangers think that are all around me. I need his grace. I need his love. By faith today, call upon Jesus to save you. If you're willing to stand out and surrender your life to Christ, right now in the comments, I want you to write these words. I will stand out. Say it. Come on, write it down. Type it down. Put it in there. I will stand out. I will stand out. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And as you're typing those words, would you just would you just slip your hands up to God? Surrender to him. Pray this prayer after me, would you? And I'd like you to do it out loud. Stand out right in the middle of your friends or your family that's there. Stand out in your living room or in your kitchen. Are you ready? Pray this prayer after out loud. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe that Jesus died for me. And I believe he rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit so I could know you and serve you and follow you. God, my life is not my own. Today I give my life to you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen 
and amen and amen. Hallelujah. Listen, right now the Bible says the angels in heaven are rejoicing. Why? Because you chose to stand out. I'm so proud of you. I want you to keep letting us know. I choose. I choose to stand out. I will stand out. Write it down. Let us know. Make that be your declaration of faith today. And this week, stand out for God. I guarantee you the Spirit of God is going to give you an opportunity this week. That you're going to have to choose. Am I going to blend in or am I going to stand out? And I pray that you will choose to stand out for the King of glory, for Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May he make his face to shine upon you. May he lift up his countenance upon you. May he give you rest. And may he give you peace as you stand out for God. Amen and amen and amen.